What's up, everybody? My name is Will. Welcome back to Thoughts Account. Play my music, man. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to another episode. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for joining me. Now, today, we're going to be talking about uh, rumination. And if you don't know what rumination is, we'll get there. Slow down. It's okay. We're here to relax and enjoy ourselves. As a tribute to November being a month of awareness for men's mental health, uh, I wanted to do an episode that uh, pays tribute to the importance of men's health. And obviously, we're all about inclusion over here. And honestly, this episode is recommended to me by a female friend of mine. Um, so by all means, ladies, enjoy this episode as well. This is not just for men. And I actually think this is a more pressing topic than a lot of people even realize. In fact, uh, this rumination has been of the silent mental illness because of its ability to kind of fly under the radar and be a problem that a lot of people experience. So get comfy, listen in. So get comfy, listen in, and uh, let's get it. So when I say rumination, you may be thinking to yourself, uh, what is that big fancy word, Will? Speak English. Uh, valid. <laughs> and the dictionary defines rumination as a persistent or series of persistent thoughts that dwell on very negative aspects of the past or present mainly, uh, but also sometimes of the future. However, rumination is uh, a lot more complex than just simple worrying or doubt. There's a little bit of overlap, however. Uh, rumination tends to be centered around negative emotions, whereas uh, worry seems to be centered more around uncertainty. Does that, does that make sense, that difference? Uh, what rumination would look like would be uh, excessive worry about an impending task or uh, event, the kind of unnerving feeling that something can go bad at any moment, but that still happens all the time, or inability to deal with the actions of the past like embarrassment, failure, or heartbreak. Now beyond rumination being uh, not only a painful experience, uh, it can also be a very inhibitory one. You will find that if you are a ruminator, you will you will find the this fear and worry and doubt impeding your progress in the area of which you ruminate. Now, you know how much we love our corny quotes around here. So uh, this one, I actually don't know if you guys will have heard before. Um, it's semi-common. It's by uh, Seneca. He's a Roman Stoic. If any of you guys dabble in Stoicism. Uh, and it reads, there are more things in this life that will frighten us than injure us as we suffer more in our imagination than in reality. Now, I'm sure if you experience any rumination like myself, uh, that one will hit pretty close to home for you. Now, when I heard this quote, I reminisced on times when I would sit and worry and prepare for worst case scenarios that would never really present themselves. I would spend too much time preparing for a disaster that would never come. I found that I was wasting my time worrying so obsessively and it ended up being an exhausting endeavor anyway because it, what i found out was that my planning for these disasters didn't actually make me more prepared it made me pessimistic and i when i learned the magic of optimism and how contagious negativity could be a lot of things changed for me you've heard me talk in the past about the power of negativity and how it can really not only seep into your life but into the lives of others around you and vice versa um, especially if you find yourself around negative people a lot. But even beyond the aspect of being inhibitory and being a painful process to go through, rumination is also actually the biggest predictor of anxiety and depression. It has been linked to several types of mental illness. And like I said at the beginning of the show, it has been called the silent mental illness because it is commonly not only overlooked, but underestimated. So now you know what rumination is and the dangers that it poses. So how do you stop yourself from ruminating? 
the first step, like with most problems, is to know that the problem exists in the first place. And this, I think, just takes some simple re reflection on how you deal with certain situations. If you find yourself identifying with a lot of the stuff that I'm saying, you probably have experienced some form of rumination in the past or present. So once you know that you are a ruminator, you have to know what kind of sets you off or what kind of puts you in these types of moods, right? So for me, it used to be uh, big events and it would also be um, past failures. Those would be the kind of two that, you know, usually set me off. Now, typically with rumination, it's cyclical. So you find yourself worrying and it take, takes you kind of down a dark rabbit hole of worry and planning. So your main goal should be when you start to realize that you're kind of ruminating or you're kind of thinking too much about whatever situation is apparent, um, your main goal should be to stop that cycle in whatever way you can. Now, this can be done with like distracting yourself. Usually uh, I find it helps to talk to a friend or call a friend or go hang out with a friend because it's hard to be worrying about something uh, while you're with somebody else because you're going to notice you're acting different and probably engage in a conversation about it or it's going to be small enough of a situation that you can put it behind you while you're doing the activity or talking to the friend. I personally like in-person in conversations but also um, phone calls are very effective because of the fact that when you're ruminating a lot of times your thoughts may be irrational and when you have to describe your problem to somebody else you have to organize that thought in a specific way so that it makes sense otherwise you will literally be just spouting gibberish so in that sense then two things can happen either one you're going to realize how silly what you're trying to say sounds or you're going to be able to organize that problem in a rational way and typically rational problems are easier to solve than irrational ones if you find this to be ineffective if you find that you know being social with somebody is not working for you and you feel like you must think about whatever the situation is consider a plan that is an actual solution to the worry right so if you have like embarrassment or heartbreak in your past and you just can't get past what you did or what happened to you and this and this stops you from being productive or fruitful consider what it would take for you to truly be past that situation like actually genuinely think about what it would take this is where friends can help it's the same kind of social uh, construction of your argument but what i would start with doing is writing out your issue writing out what sets you off um, so you have the whole problem identified and then think about where you want to get to so you want to get to a place where you're not ruminating you're not worrying about the situation anymore and writing things out helps in the same way that um, talking to a friend does because you have to formulate that into writing but then once you have all your feelings and the problem written out then you can formulate a plan to feel better about the things that bother you that's exactly what i did to stop my rumination on um past relationships i forgot about that one earlier in the episode that's that's a bit another big one that i used to ruminate on and i actually talked about it in the last episode a little bit about more of the specifics of the relationship you can check that out up in the cards over here shameless plug right <laughs> but i did used to ruminate on relationships i had a few tough heartbreaks and um it, it really left me ruminating on the possibility of love. Anytime I would get into like newer relationships, I would second guess them because I'm like, well, they went so poorly before and I don't really seek to go back to the dark place that I was after those relationships. It caused me to mistrust trustworthy people and worry that they would be just like the last. This manifested into hesitancy to let people close to me and an even greater hesitancy to be any sort of vulnerable with other people. I found myself consistently considering different ways that they could hurt me even though they had no intention of doing so. 
It didn't make sense. It was irrational and it stopped me from pursuing meaningful relationships. And through, and through writing out my problems, writing out the way that I felt, that was the way that I was able to identify that I was actually the problem in this situation. I was not being vulnerable with people. I wasn't letting people in. And it was actually stopping me from engaging in fruitful relationships with people who actually genuinely cared about me and didn't have any intention on being like the last. I realized that it wasn't fair for me to project, to project those insecurities onto people who had not actually hurt me and had no intention of doing so. But the hardest part about this was I had to come to the realization that pain is always going to be a possibility in fruitful relationships because inherently in any great relationship, there is an aspect of vulnerability. There is the possibility that you could get hurt. I mean, think about your best friend right now. Technically speaking, obviously I know they would never do such, um, but they have the ability to hurt you really, really bad. They have the ability to really crush you. And that's because they know so much about you. They, You have been vulnerable with them and they know information about you that if they were to like just betray you out of nowhere, that would hurt really bad. Now the trust comes in because you know that they would actually never do that. You know that they have your best interest at heart and they have no intention of actually hurting you. And honestly, the reason that that friendship is so good to you is because of that vulnerability, because of that aspect that you can be yourself and know that somebody loves you for you. They know your secrets, they know your highs and lows, they know everything, and they still love you. But that was the solution I came to for my specific relationship rumination. I considered to myself that, you know what, I'm just going to continue to be vulnerable with people. I'm going to be able to be more trusting. I'm going to be more open and Yes, it'll open me up to the possibility of getting hurt, but it also opens me up to the possibility of having a friendship that brings me more joy than anyone could if I wasn't being open. I realized that I was strong enough to make it through the past heartbreaks, and if I so needed to, I could do it again. The outcome surprised me, and it surprised me to the, to the extent that I've talked about it on a couple episodes. My plan of letting people closer to me and letting myself be more vulnerable with other people meant that anybody who did get close to me I knew was a person that I could trust and I knew that if people didn't like me, that was okay because I wasn't meant to be friends with them in the first place, right? If you, if you didn't, if you don't like me for me, I can't be somebody else to appease you and it's better to be yourself and be around people who accept you for you than to be closed off or to be somebody else. That's allowed me to feel a type of love in both friendship and in intimate relationships, different from that which I had experienced previously. Uh, I could use a lot of words to um, describe it, but I think it really boils down to the ultimate comfort of being able to be comfortable in a relationship and be, be accepted and cared for as you are um, by the people that you care a great deal about. So if you are a person of rumination, know that you can get past that. You can find ways to slow down those thoughts or slow down your mind when you get into triggering situations. But you have to be progressive. You have to take action, question your doubts, question your worries. And if you need to, talk to somebody who you trust and formulate a plan to actually get to the place that you want to be. How do you expect to get to a end goal if you don't have that end goal in sight but be comfortable in who you are know that the struggle is temporary and the happiness that you find beyond this challenge will be worth all of the work that was required but that's going to take us to the weekly takeaway this week's weekly takeaway is take some time for your mental health this week no matter who you are do something that brings you joy and peace shamelessly do something that makes you happy and don't feel bad about it don't feel guilty 
Make this about you. This is your time. You deserve it. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for listening all the way through. I hope you found something you can add to your life or to the life of somebody around you. Please share this episode so someone else can listen and enjoy as well. You know we're building here. We're building a community. And I want you to be a part of it. You should join. So like, follow, do all that great stuff. We're making it great. I thank you. I appreciate you. This has been Will with Thoughts Account. I'll see you next time. Hey, you remember that episode I talked about in the middle of the episode? <laughs> uh, here it is. Uh, it's a it's a link for you to click. Uh, just click the box. Uh, you can you can see the video right here. I'm holding it up for you. But okay, bye. Love you. See you over there.